with Radio On The Go News, Brian Fincher reporting. A wind advisory remains in effect for Grundy, Hardin, Butler, Franklin, and Cerro Gordo counties until 1 o'clock this afternoon, while a wind advisory is in effect for Wright and Hancock counties until 10 o'clock this morning. Expect northwest winds of 20 to 30, gusting at times up to 45 miles per hour. Use extra caution when driving today and secure outdoor objects. So again, a wind advisory until 10 o'clock this morning for Wright and Hancock counties and a wind advisory until 1 o'clock this afternoon for Cerro Gordo, Franklin, Butler, Hardin, and Grundy counties in the broadcast area. Precipitation fell on 13 out of the 31 days this month at the Radio On The Go studios in Hampton. Total amount of precipitation was 2.44 inches. The highest temperature reported this month in Hampton was 93. The lowest temperature was 22. The average high was 64 degrees with the average low of 46 degrees. The latest Iowa crop report from the USDA shows that corn harvested for grain reached 77% statewide. That's one day ahead of last year and eight days ahead of the five-year average. Moisture content of field corn being harvested for grain remains steady at 17%. Soybeans harvested reached 93% on pace with last year, but eight days ahead of the average. Yesterday, the Franklin County Board of Supervisors continued to discuss a resolution passed by the board earlier this month concerning Franklin County Library Service funding. The Franklin Supervisors directed the county auditor to invite all the county library directors to attend a meeting with the supervisors together. In other business, the Franklin County Board of Supervisors approved the disbursement of funds from the American Rescue Plan Act for several projects. Those projects include a 911 street sign replacement project for aerial imagery and to bring a communication tower into FAA compliance. The ARPA funds totaled $207,983.50. The Butler County Board of Supervisors today will meet with Planning and Zoning Administrator Misty Day to discuss a septic complaint and enforcement concerns. The Butler Supervisors will also discuss the compensation of township trustees. The Butler County Board of Supervisors meet today, 9 a.m., at the courthouse in Allison. The experts say parents should warn their kids to be careful when handling a common Halloween accessory. Tammy Noble, a registered nurse and educator at the Iowa Poison Control Center, says the directions on glow sticks emphasize they are not to be cut or punctured. Sometimes we see kids um, break those. They put them in their mouth. They might bite into it. Or sometimes even when they're trying to open it and make it start glowing, it somehow will break and they can get the liquid splashed in their eyes. While it's important to stay visible during the nighttime candy runs, it's also important to avoid hazards. The chemicals and glow sticks can be a problem if they splash a kid's face. It's really irritating to the eyes, so you need to irrigate the eyes really well for 15-20 minutes. But also if they get it in their mouth, it stings, and usually that will go away within an hour or so, I would say. Just wipe out the mouth and give them a little something to drink. Now, the stinging persists longer than an hour. She suggests calling the poison center. Some newer costumes light up and will come with a small battery pack to power those lights. 
which Noble says may also present a hazard. You have to be very careful because sometimes those costumes contain a button battery and those types of little round like the size of a small coin, like a dime, those could be swallowed, and kids, that could get stuck in their esophagus. Those batteries could cause internal burns if swallowed. Noble recommends kids wait until they get home to open their treats so parents can inspect the goodies for any signs of tampering. The Sioux City-based Poison Control Center hotline available around the clock, 800-222-1222. Again, 1-800-222-1222. One, two, two, two. CG Public Health will be hosting a free two-day hepatitis C testing event for baby boomers of those born from 1945 through 1965 and for people considered high risk. Testing will be held at CG Public Health on Tuesday, November 7th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. and on Thursday, November 9th from 9 a.m. until 4 p.m. in Mason City. Appointments are required. Hepatitis C is an infection caused by a virus that attacks the liver and leads to liver damage, cirrhosis, and even liver cancer. Most people with hepatitis C do not know they are infected. For more information, go to cghealth.com. Again, that's cghealth.com or call 641-421-9300. Again, 641-421-9300. The University of Iowa has won the bid to take over the Mercy Iowa City Hospital in a second-chance twist. Equity firm Preston Hollow Community Capital had won the bid for the Iowa City Hospital earlier this month, but their financing was determined unviable. The U of I's original bid of $28 million was chosen as the best option after the first bid was turned down. The purchase must be approved in bankruptcy court in a sale hearing on November 6th, before the U of I can take over. U of I issued a statement saying they plan to conduct an in-depth analysis of the health care needs of the Iowa City community before making any modifications to Mercy's hospital or services. The university says it intends to offer employment to substantially all Mercy employees. The Iowa Utilities Board recently issued an order requesting information on Iowa Electric Utilities plans for addressing potential electric service load shedding or peak usage days for the upcoming winter season on those peak usage days. The IUB took this action in light of previous long-duration extreme weather events, such as winter storms that hit in February of 2021 that resulted in energy infrastructure and electric generation shedding across parts of the country. The load shed, that's a temporary shutdown made to avoid system failure, impacted some parts of Iowa and jeopardized the reliability of the North American bulk power system. The utility companies have until November 17th to respond to the Iowa Utilities Board. If you plan on registering to vote at the polls on November 7th, you need to bring a photo ID with you along with other information. This is Hardin County Auditor and Commissioner of Elections, Jolene Peters. A proof of residency, for instance, paycheck stub, utility bill, something that matches, you know, how they're registering. Those addresses need to match. They can also, if they do not have that, they can bring in a tester with them, which is another person that will read through an oath and that, yes, they know this person. And those people, they can only attest twice. And they also have to be from that same precinct. Hardin County will be using new election equipment for uh, next week. We used to be a Dominion County. We are now a Unison County. 
Outdoor tabulators are all new. We also have new ADA-compliant machines for someone that needs that service. We are also using a different check-in system, and our tabulators are quicker than our old Dominion machines. Polls are open on November 7th from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. The third and final public informational meeting concerning the upcoming bond referendum vote in the Hampton-Dumont School District was held yesterday in Hampton. And today's guest on the Radio On The Go Newsmaker program is Hampton-Dumont School Board President Aaron Miller, who will talk about the upcoming bond vote next week and will talk about the feedback the school board has received from the community. The Radio On The Go Newsmaker program Here's uh, today following the new news right here on KLMJ and is available in podcast form under the news tab at RadioOnTheGo.com. One weather-related announcement to pass along to you this morning. You can find the weather-related announcements by going online to RadioOnTheGo.com and looking under the weather tab. But the Rural Iowa Landfill in Eldora is closing at 8.30 this morning. So again, the Rural Iowa Landfill in Eldora closing at 8.30 this morning. The high in the past 24 hours here at our studios, 40 and the low of 22. For Radio On The Go News, Brian Fincher reporting.